22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Happy holidays to all. I hope that all of you had a great New Year's, or going to have a great New Year's. I hope that Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or whatever you celebrate, turned out to be as you hoped. And now we're here for business. Welcome to a very unique edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 95. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and as always, I have the man who has been quoted to say, I'm not a hater, I'm just drawn that way. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. The important thing is we're all together for Xmas, and even though I'm surrounded by robots, monsters, and old people, I've never felt more at home. <laughs> Xmas. <laughs> I remember as a kid I had a problem figuring out, why is it called Xmas? <laughs> because he died on the cross. Oh, goodness. That, that is why. Yeah, but not on Christmas. <laughs> not on Christmas, though. That would, that'd be a little bit of a morbid holiday. Yeah. Like Easter. <laughs> like everything in the Bible, but we won't get into that. Yeah. And in the guest chair is the man who either A... Loves the Man of Steel movie. B is trying to unseat Big Kev as the most frequent guest on the podcast. Or C can quote all seven Star Wars movies word for word. Fuck it, he does all three or two of the three anyway. Give it up for the man we know as Jazz. Hi, uh, thank you very much. Ralph will be released when and where I deem necessary. <laughs> but in the meantime, I also simply say one down, two to go. First off, what's 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 for you coming on this show and talking about being bound? Last time you were bound in Mike's basement. This time you're talking about Ralph being bound. What the fuck is this? Like a fetish or something, bro? It's M twenty two shades of gray. M twenty two shades of gray. Oh my god, that, that includes a bear, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Speaks, I know. Well, speaking of the bear. Well, next year, we, well, next year you have to release the 22 Shades Darker, right? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> After we're out in the sun for a while. <laughs> and, and that would be D, all of the above, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 let's get to the big elephant in the room. Shut up. <laughs> I'm like, go on, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Let's get to the reason. Everybody's wondering, well, what's so unique about this episode or why we don't hear Ralph? Ralph the Tech, our beloved co-host, couldn't make it today. Unfortunately, he had previous obligations like a job, and he wasn't able to make today's podcast. That's what I told him to tell you. Oh, <laughs> what a shame. I hadn't even noticed he wasn't here. <laughs> wow. And I know when you listen to this, you're going to be seething, and then you're going to be looking up the word seething. But I was going to say, Ralph doesn't really get mad like that. I think he gets mad when like things don't happen his way, but you know. That's true. You know, but for the most part, he's pretty zen. But Ralph, we definitely miss you. So just fuck with your voice in post. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because hey guys, I'm back the finance guy. <laughs> he he definitely would do that. So if you couldn't tell, I'm in charge of the sound. So if there's anything messed up or if there's a mistake that's happened, just blame Ralph. We're doomed. He should have fucking been here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So for today's show, we'll be discussing the new addition to the Star Wars film family. Try saying that three times fast. Called Rogue One, Woo-hoo! a Star Wars story. Wow, you got really excited, Jazz. <laughs> but first, MFG has got some news for you. And my voice is getting kind of hoarse, so I need a rest. So let's just go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Michael Finance Guy and Ralph and Cap. Uh, the Cap's voice is hoarse, of course, of course. Aww. Uh, all right. <laughs> We all know what's happened in the last few days. Damn uh, it. So I'm just going to run down the year of at least popularity of Dead and Famous. We have Angus Scrim, actor, 89. David Bowie, musician, 69. Alan Rickman, actor, 69. Glenn Fry, singer-songwriter of the Eagles, 67. Abe Vigoda, actor, 94. Maurice White, who's a musician-songwriter for Earth, Wind & Fire, 74. Uh, Joe Alasky, voice actor. He did Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Sylvester, and Tweety, 63. Antonin Scalia, Supreme Court Judge, 79. Vanity, actress, singer, 57. Uh, Harper Lee, the novelist, uh, 89. That was who, uh, was it? Uh, who? To Kill Mockenberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. George Kennedy, actor, 91. Uh, Keith Emerson of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, 71. Uh, Frank Sinatra Jr., singer, 72. Ken Howard, actor, 71. Gary Shanling, comedian, 66. Patty Duke, actress, 69. Merrill Haggard, he was a country western singer songwriter 79 doris roberts actress 90 prince musician 57 morley safer journalist 84 alan young actor 96 he was wilbur on mr ed of all things oh wow. uh bert quack uh, actor he was kato in the pink panther for those pink how panther can fans. you still keep going 85 exactly <laughs> muhammad ali professional boxer 74 michu masara actor 76 he was the guy in the alf costume 
Uh, wow. Anton Yelchin, actor, 27. Buddy Ryan, NFL football coach, 85. Noel Neal, actress. She was Lois Lane in The Adventures of Superman, 95. Gary Marshall, writer, producer, actor, 81. Kenny Baker, actor, 81. He was R2-D2. Uh, Stephen Hill, actor. He was Adam Schiff on Law & Order, 94. Gene Wilder, actor, 83. Chairman Carr, I'm sorry, uh, Charmian Carr, actress, 73. She was Liesl Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. She's dead. Uh, oh, damn. Bill Nunn, Wait, actor. Wait, hold on. We already know you're running down the dead yeah. people. <laughs> I'm just going to oh, she's dead. As opposed to the others who are dying. Bill Nunn, actor, 63. He was Robbie Robertson in the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, Jose Fernandez, uh, excuse me, Jose Fernandez, baseball player, 24. Mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer, golfer, 87. Shimon Perez, statesman and former president of Israel, 93. Pete Burns, singer-songwriter of Dead and Alive, 57. Janet Reno, uh, Reno, the former Attorney General of the United States, 78. Robert Vaughn, the actor, 83. He was Napoleon Solo in the TV show, The Man from Uncle. Florence Henderson, actress, 82. Fidel Castro, dictator, 90. Ron Glass, actor, 71. Van Williams, actor, 82. He was the Green Hornet. Um, Jim Delegati, he created the Big Mac. He died in 98. Lived that long on Big Mac. <laughs> Probably didn't need a shit. Probably not. Uh, Greg Lake, of Emerson Lake and Palmer, 69. I think there's only one member left now. Oh, wow. Uh, John Glenn, astronaut, 95. Alan <laughs> Fick, actor, bullets. 69. Bernard, um, Bernard Fox, actor, 89. He was Dr. Bombay in Bewitched. Zsa Zsa Gabor, the Hungarian actress and socialite, 99. George Michael, singer-songwriter, 53. Carrie Fisher, actress, 60. Debbie Reynolds, actress, 84. That is 52 people, and I could have gone on to a lot more. You probably could This just year. Wow, that's a long tombstone. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I mean, wow. But, I mean, most recently this week was Carrie Fisher and George Michael. Within the past, like, seven days, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, And Debbie Reynolds. And Debbie Reynolds. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, yeah, the day after Carrie Fisher died. Yeah. Um, that's, it's it's amazing. I mean, people die, of, of, yeah. people die every year. Yeah, of course. But it's just, it just seems like such a massive loss of talent. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not even just famous people. It's just a lot of actual talent. Right. Not this Kardashian level crap that you guys seem to like out there. Yeah. Um, is there anything you guys want to say about Carrie Fisher? I, I mean, I know I've got my things to say about Carrie because she was, I mean, she, she, all I knew her from was Princess Leia, but I didn't realize that she had written books and, you know, about her life with her mom. And, oh, yeah. But and the postcards, mean, postcards from the Edge was basically her life. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. So any, anything to say about um, Carrie Fisher? The I late mean, Carrie Fisher? Uh, it's as sort of, as Mike talked about, I mean, celebrities, they pass all the time and yet people it hits us as fans really really hard and you know it's it's weird having never known them or having never met having never met them carrie fisher it hit me really 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 hard and i was trying to figure out why why is it like for this celebrity why is it struck as such a particular note and in sort of the videos that i've watched there was this one guy who i follow his name is john campia and i've been following him for a number of years and he explained why it it hit him so hard and i figured out it's because i grew up with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars is the biggest influence of my life. It's mm-hmm. the reason why you're here. It's the reason why yeah. I'm here. And so The only reason. Thank you. <laughs> He's kind of not wrong. <laughs> it's that and Man of Steel. It's, that's the only... <laughs> um, but it's having... She was, she was a huge part of my life growing up. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so yeah. having that gone, it's, it's weird like how hard that's hit me. Yeah. I mean, when uh, when Han Solo bit it on screen, spoilers, it was it was hard <laughs> knowing that on screen we'd never see Luke Han and Leia again. Right. True. True. Very true. But it's that was in the movies, and now Princess Leia is now it's she's one with the Force now, and that yeah. for just a huge fan of Star Wars, it it hit me really really hard. Oh yeah. No, no, I hear that, Mike. Oh no, I mean, I've there's nothing more to be said. I mean, you know, it's. We all have our, our relationship with all of these people. You know, like um, for me, I mean, some of the biggest ones were just losing Bowie, George Michael, yeah. Prince, and Carrie Fisher. I mean, they're all part of me growing up. You know, yeah. for me, the, the biggest hit was Bowie because, I mean, I've always loved his music. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it spoke his soul, you know. But um, it's, just, it's just sad. You know, you're losing the things that, that shaped your life, and that's, that's the sad part. Yeah, and, and and I guess I I just wanted to focus on Carrie Fisher only, not not only because it's the Star Wars podcast that we're focusing on today, but I don't know I just felt like she's, I mean you know she's just such an iconic woman, oh, yeah. and especially, um, the idea of princess was totally shattered when Princess Leia was created. Mm-hmm. There have been other types like her, but not none as popular. Right. Like think about a princess wielding a gun. Like who who thought about that? And the mm-hmm. thing is, it's. it's also, she wasn't masculine. I mean, like, in order to make her 
Princess Leia, the character badass, they didn't have to make her masculine. She stayed a feminine character right. and was still strong and kick ass. Yeah. Right. You don't have to be butch to be female and kick ass. Right. But yeah. but it's okay. Yeah. That'll, that'll be mentioned later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> About butch? Wow. Okay. So, um, wow. That's, after that long tombstone, Mike, the long obituary, what else you got? Well, it is almost time to duel. Oh, good. The epic card battle anime Yu-Gi-Oh! will be ending its Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc 5 just in time to be replaced by a new Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Now, although unnamed, the new series will address the anxieties of children in the digital age. It will target those who, quote, give up on their dreams before actually trying, end quote, (laughs) instead of encouraging kids to find confidence in trying new things. The new hero will be uh, Yusaku Fujiki, a painfully shy boy who will slowly grow through his experiences and the people he meets through duels. The new series will premiere in Japan in spring 2017. So that means it's going to come to the States in four years from now. Right. Yeah, however that works. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even though if you watch, I know my brother used to watch Crunchyroll or Crunchroll, and it was a way of streaming the Japanese episodes to the U.S. Oh, yeah. You it's, know, while, while it's still going on. One of the few good things the internet is capable of is that connection. One of the few good things about the internet? Yeah. Are you an anti-internet guy, Mike? No, I'm anti-idiots using the internet guy. Well, then you're anti-idiots then. <laughs> I've never stated I wasn't anti-idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so interesting. You yeah. st- restarting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. What All else? Right. Um, after the catastrophic X-Men movie that was aptly titled Apocalypse failed to enthrall audiences with a younger team, Fox has decided to try an even more pimply-faced mutant squad with the new mutants. The, pro- the project's director, Josh Boone, has kind of revealed the villain for his arc. Those familiar with the New Mutants will remember Bill uh, Sienkiewicz's early run on the series and his creation, the teleporting, super-strong, negative-emotion-consuming, human-soul-corrupting Demon Bear. The creature what? was teased in New Mutants number 3 from May of 1983 and formally realized in issue number 18 of August of 1984. The Demon Bear has made several appearances since then in various X-Men-related titles. Boone, a huge fan of the X-Men comics, has said, quote, We've been going for the past year and a half to get it ready, and I'm about to go location scout, and we have a release date now, end quote. Unfortunately, he has not given a specific release date yet. Hmm. Demon bear. I'm just yeah. trying to picture a demonic bear in my head. And <laughs> hey, boo-boo, <laughs> get me the gun. That's <laughs> like the one that attacked Leo in The Revenant. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because I'm... I'm I can't. Th- I mean, bears are pretty dangerous. I know that. Well, it's not an actual bear. I know it's not an actual bear, but, <laughs> but like, like you said about visual, I can't. Like, I see we bear bears in my head. I don't see like you know. That's sad for both of you. <laughs> we bear bears is a great show. Don't sleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on from Demon Bear, what a fucking lame name. Go ahead. Yeah. DC Comics thinks it has struck oil by recycling classic Hanna Barbera cartoons into revamped comic books. The books Future Quest, Flintstones, and Scooby-Doo have been bringing in old and new readers alike, so it was inevitable that some mashup one-shots would be coming soon to comic book retailers. Adam Strange lands on the wrong earth, and it takes Johnny, Haji, Race, and Dr. Quest to help him return home in Adam Strange and Future Quest Annual Number 1 with a backup feature of Top Cat. Oh, God. (laughs) 25th century Earth is being invaded, and Booster Gold travels way back in time to find out why. He will enlist the aid of Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble to find the truth in Booster Gold and the Flintstones Annual Number 1 with a backup feature of the Jetsons. Oh, my God. Trapped in a rift in time, two heroes are stripped of their iconic weapons and forced to fight a variety of foes as well as each other. But what will happen when Green Lantern dons power bands and Space Ghost slips on the lantern ring in Green Lantern and Space Ghost Annual Number 1 with a backup feature of Rough and Ready. You're making all of this up. Nope. And here's <laughs> the one that I'm definitely not making up. Animal Rock Band meets Task Force X when oh. Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky are mistaken for metahumans and sent to rescue Harley, Deadshot, Katana, and Killer Croc Fuck in Suicide me. Squad and the Banana Splits Annual Number 1 no, with a backup no, sorry, feature no, of Snagglepuss. You, you're making those You're up. shitting me, Mike. You're these, shitting thro- me. these throwback one-shots will be available on March 29, 2017. I don't know if that smile that you're giving me is... You're happy about this, or you're like, I can't believe this is well, being made. The Green Lantern uh, Space Ghost, I'm very happy, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then, you know me, anything with Johnny Quest, so I'm fine with Adam So Strange. two of the four. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that, but the guilty... Fred Flintstone? No, I, I'm not interested in and the least, Booster actually. Gold. I mean, uh, I know Booster Gold is a, lame, a, a lamer DC character. That has popularity for some odd reason. I can't figure out why. He's got a cult following, but still, I mean, Fred Flintstone, really? And the Jetsons? 
But yeah, I mean, and the Suicide Squad with Banana Splits, I mean, I, I like the Banana Splits enough that I'm mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see. It's so funny, out of, out of those two, you chose Banana Splits as the one to like as opposed to the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I <can laughs> much, much more reliable. Yeah. What else uh, you got? Well, finally, speaking of the Suicide Squad, it may have had a disastrous movie debut, but at least it has a video game on the way. Oh, wait, it doesn't anymore. Uh, what? Uh, WB Games Montreal has reportedly canceled its Suicide Squad game, which was first mentioned in Comic-Con International 2010, and will instead focus on a new Batman game featuring Damian Wayne. No oh. information about the Damian Wayne game has been released, thank God. Uh, WB Games Montreal is best known for Batman Arkham Origins. It was revealed in December 2015 that the studio was working on two DC titles. I do not know what the other one is. Hmm, interesting. And... and um. <clears throat> What was the name of that company again? Uh, WB Games Montreal. WB Games Montreal. Because I know that that um, their version of Arkham, the mm-hmm. Arkham Origins, right. wasn't bad. It wasn't a horrible game. It just right. wasn't as good as the uh, as the main trilogy. Right. So I know that you know people. I mean, some people were like, "Oh, well, Origins is part of the trilogy." I'm like, "No, Origins is not part of the trilogy." But they they do make a pretty decent game. So good. Um, I, I'm just not excited about Damian Wayne being oh, you love any, it being featured in anything besides a, a coffin. That's what I should have bought you for Christmas, a Damian Wayne shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Did you want me to set fire to something? (laughs) Oh, fuck. They only come in kid sizes, though. Why would it? (laughs) Well, have you seen Mike's shirts? <laughs> he squeezes into them bad boys. Those shits aren't you. Are, are, are don't be hating. Because... I haven't watched Mike squeeze into anything. I don't know what. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wait, hold on. There we go. I'm pressing the computer screen and, like it's an iPad. And you're just as fast as Ralph is. Oh, <laughs> oh, but there's something else for you. There we go. That's uh, better. Yeah. Yeah, that crowd knows when to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's all your quick news? That is all my quick news. All right. Oh, by the way, shout out to, um, I know we, don't, we usually do shout out at the end, but I'm shouting out a friend of mine. Shout out to Olga. That quick news is pretty quick. I don't know what you're bitching about. I hope you hear this. Please text me when you get a chance. <laughs> Jazz, any quick news? Uh, no. Wow. You're just as good as Ralph. Yeah, but he didn't make it about himself. <laughs> Wait, let me ask, let me do the imaginary question. Ralph, do you have any quick news? Do I ever have quick news? You never asked me. Oh. Paul's like, is he Yogi Bear now? Like, what the hell? I know. I was just like, what happened? Yeah, he's a cop. <laughs> I'm still stuck on Demon Bear. That's what, that's, that's what it is. All right, so let's get this right. Yogi Bear with, like, red eyes. <laughs> Are you saying Ralph's got, Ralph's got red eyes? Oh, Demon Bear, sorry. <laughs> hey, boo-boo, give me that smack. You heard it now here. Ralph has been cast as Demon Bear. In the <laughs> yeah, I've always called him a bear. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Exit stage left. <laughs> That's Snagglepuss. That's Snagglepuss. Whatever. They're all fucking combined now. So. What? Whoa. Oh, dude. No, now. Don't Hold get on. chopped. We, Don't, we, we I'll have... do all the thinning around here, Bubba. Oh, my God. That's right. A little quick draw McGraw. Quick draw McGraw. That's right. All right. Let's move off of Hanna-Barbera. Especially after that news, I'm a little disappointed. And let's go right to, let's go from the appetizer right to the main course. The only reason why Jazz is here. We will be discussing the new Star Wars movie, Rogue One. And with a synopsis is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I have no time for Mark remarks. So. Yeah, because we didn't get a fucking opening crawl. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what we want out of this. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just mad that this is the only reason the Jazz is here because I shaved all the way up above the knee. <laughs> just letting everybody know. Just so you can be able to squeeze in easier. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There we go. <laughs> Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is the first standalone film in the Star Wars franchise. It was directed by Gareth Edwards and written by Chris White and Tony Gilroy from a story by John Knoll and Gary Whitta. The story follows the daughter of the scientist who designed the Death Star as she joins the Rebellion to fight against the Galactic Empire. Rogue One's visual effects, action scenes, and darker tone have been praised by fans and critics. The film had a production budget of $200 million, and since it is a Star Wars property, it has raised $616 million worldwide since its release on December 16th. The film has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 85%, but a Metacritic rating of 65 out of 100. Wow, 20 point difference. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, Synopsis. If you spend $4 billion for a movie franchise, you better do something with it. (laughs) Now, If you thought the writers of any Star Wars film could pen a script without a droid, you were wrong. A young Xena warrior princess, nicknamed after her father's favorite stripper, Stardust, (laughs) joins a merry band of rebels and their overly snippy droid, K2 Asshole, as they attempt to steal the evil empire's plan for the Death Star. Throw in the asthmatic ghetto knockoff of Lord Vader, and the alliance is set for battle. 
After visiting five unfamiliar planets in 10 minutes, we finally land on a planet where even blonde, bl uh, blind non-Earth Asian aliens know impressive martial arts and can spout fortune cookie philosophy without feeling stereotyped. <laughs> and since zombies are all the rage, it was inevitable that the Empire would raise Peter Cushing from the dead. What will happen? Well, you know what's going to happen. Will the plans get released? Well, you know what's going to happen. But it happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Starring Felicity Jones as Jen Erso, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor. Ben Mendelsohn as Orson Krennic, Donnie Yen as Chirrut Imwe, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, excuse me, Mads Mikkelsen as Galen Erso, Alan Tudyk at K2SO, Riz Ahmed as Bodhi Rook, uh, Zhang Wen as Bayes Malbus, and Forrest Whitaker as Saul Guerrero. All right, so there you have it. No, not there you have it. I'm sorry, he's doing the end. Um, all right, so... I guess the show's over. <laughs> no, no, let, let's get started with Star Wars Rogue One. Jazz would have been pissed if that would have been the whole show. But before we do that, let's press the warning. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. <laughs> all right, and that warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of the Studios. So let's get right into it, gentlemen. Star Wars Rogue One, and you didn't even let me get to the first question, which I was going to throw out. How do we feel about the fact that there was no crawl at the beginning of the movie? Because for all seven movies, the crawl has, you know, and for people who don't know what I'm referring to, the, the long time ago galaxy far, far away, and the whole story being read on a diagonal level, that's what we mean by the crawl. Well, what did you think the crawl was going to say? Following three shitty-ass movies... <laughs> <laughs> I, I targeted this, um, I'm, I mean, for both of you, obviously, but I, I brought up this question specifically for Jazz, because one of the things Jazz and I talked about when we talked about him being on the show was, he said, I can't wait to see Rogue One, they better have the crawl. And then when I saw him after he saw the um, after he saw Rogue One, he had had some choice words about there not being a crawl. Could you elaborate, Jazz? Okay, so, look, it's, I, th I mean, the movie is awesome, but it's such a dumb decision. Why would you take that out? It's so iconic to Star Wars. Look, I think Disney and Lucasfilm are going to do are, have done a great job with the property, and they've shown that they are taking it very seriously, right. and they will do a great job with Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger. They've got great plans for the property, and they're doing a great job. But what the hell? It's such a <laughs> dumb decision. I mean, not just the seven movies, the video games, the animated TV series, the comic books. I listened to an audiobook on the way over, and even that had a form of the crawl. So why the hell would you take this out of the movie? I mean, there are people... Because it helps. It's free exposition. It's great. It's so iconic to Star Wars. I mean, there are people in the theater who I'm positive would still think it's episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, yeah, probably possible. I mean, I, the reason I think... Um, and again, I haven't read I haven't read anybody specifically mention anything about the crawl one way or the other as far as critic-wise. I'm going on the idea that maybe they're just... This is really their way of saying this is not one of the franchise movies in other words this is a standalone story so here you go again i'm not disagreeing i think there should have been a call just so that we have a feeling of oh you know where is this falling in because that's the other thing too like you know not everyone knows that this is 3.5 ish you know right um i think that would have helped but that I, that's my feeling when I, cause I thought about it i'm like are they just trying to say that it's not that it's not star wars it's just that it's not part of the star wars we know right and therefore it doesn't deserve like talk right you know? um i guess for me i mean the, the it not having a crawl, the crawl didn't bother me as much because of the fact of um, it's not the main trilogy it's a side story but I understand when you have things and you use certain things it's nice to have that kind of continuity but I, I wasn't bothered one way or the other it, it was kind of weird watching a long time ago Galaxy Far Far Away and them cutting right to the scene and I was like this feels different right but also I think it's a, it, the whole movie is a different feel of a movie right so I mean I, I guess maybe they, they definitely made their point with that and um, the fact that my biggest complaint about the movie can be sh like shortened down into a 90 second window at the very beginning should tell you my thoughts. <laughs> a 90, like, a 90 second um, um, violent rant? <laughs> that's my biggest complaint. Is he that, hit me! <laughs> that's my biggest complaint can be shortened down to that small thing that would have been at the beginning of the movie. Oh, you're so fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's get into it. What do we like about Star Wars Rogue One? I mean, there was a lot of expectations. Actually, there was not a lot of expectations. They heard it was a good... People whispered it was a good movie, but because a lot of the characters are people we've never heard of and nobody's ever thought of before, people didn't know what to expect. People who already saw it in advanced screenings were like, oh, it was great. But before that, there were really a lot of expectations. What did you like about the movie? 
Um, well, I mean, the visuals were, were they were really, really good. Um, that I did like. Uh, I didn't care whether or not the tone seemed dark or not. I, I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars is Star Wars. I, I, I'm not expecting. Oh, wow, really? Well, I mean, I'm not expecting, like, you know, it's just like right up there with the people that, oh, you know, Superman should be grim. No, it shouldn't. I mean, it's Star Wars is Star Wars, so therefore I'm not expecting, like, Star Wars to be, like, you know, about abortion rights and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's it's just Star Wars. So, I mean, I I thought the tone was grim enough, even though it's really funny. Like, I mean, I can see that it's grimmer than the others, but I don't see it as a grim storytelling. And I like that about that. Like, it, it, they, they. Took it down a notch, but they didn't go crazy and go like, "It's war! This is saving Pride Ryan with the you know Death Star or something like that." They just they kept it still, I think, light enough that you could still enjoy it without like leaving there just being like in tears about the horrors of war or something like that. I I beg the differ, um, but I'll get to that in a second. I feel like I won't say that they, they they went too dark, but they went dark to a place where I was like, "Wow!" And I think I mentioned it to you when we went to the movies. I was like, "Wow." What's the body count on this bitch? <laughs> Jazz, I, um, you already said you love the film. What did you like? What did you love about it? I fucking everything. Fucking just, everything. That's just, a really distinct answer. No, I, evidently Jazz was in the back of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking everything. <laughs> I, just, I, I was I was I was in the front row, of the middle section. <laughs> Exhibitionist. Exhibitionist. <laughs> we didn't have exhibitions. We didn't have a fucking crawl. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I thought it was great. I think as far as the tone go, I mean, it, it was a little bit darker. I commented that I think this is the least kid-friendly Star Wars film that has been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it. I mean, uh, back when they were first announcing Rogue One, the director, Gareth Edwards, talked about this is going to be a war film. It's called Star Wars. So we wanted to do a war film. And this, like the cinematography, uh, the cinematographer was done by the same person that did a Zero Dark Thirty. They had people who um, worked on Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down also work on this film. And yeah, it wasn't super. It wasn't super super dark or grim or anything. Out of the, it fit Star Wars. I mean, yes, it was a little bit darker, but it still felt like Star Wars. The tone still fit, even though it was a little bit more darker than we have seen in other films. So the tone for me, it it worked for the story that they were going uh, to tell. I was very surprised that we're just that. I mean, going into it, I knew what had to happen in the end game. I just didn't know how they were going to get there. But I'm surprised that they had the balls to kill everybody. Spoilers. Well, what, what did you think they were going to do? <laughs> well, Ralph the spoiler. Well, the thing is, we gave the spoiler warning a long time ago. We're in. We're, we're, we're Gareth, Yes, but like the because th- there was actually a few days after it came out, Gareth Edwards did an interview where he thought it's. He thought I'm working for Disney. They're not. They're not going to let me kill everybody. And so he had a version of the script where a few of the characters get away in the end. Um, but when he was doing meetings with Kathleen Kennedy, the executives, they were like, well, yeah, no, we don't see any of the characters yeah, again. Yeah, I was so, about to yeah. say, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, and it's no, really it, a no-brainer. And, and he was surprised. He thought, they're not going to let me do this. But yeah. they did. And I was really, really glad that they did, that they had the balls to, to go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think also there's that whole idea where Disney is just like, oh, no, 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 no. We're, make, we're keeping very tight control of these characters. There's not going to be any spinoff book that, that, you know, there's not going to be any doubt. No, these characters are all dead. Fuck you all that are trying to do your fan fiction. We're controlled. Right. <laughs> you know? Because, I mean, really, it's, it's you know, these characters, which is a little bit of my problem with the, the movie, they're, they're characters that, you know, I mean, I never got attached to by any means, really. I mean, you know, like a little bit. No, no actually, there's really no one I really got that attached to. I mean, you just kind of knew that they were fodder in the war. And I was fine with that, you know. Um, but, but I did not get any. Uh, I didn't feel that the writers themselves even tried to write attachment you know, for the audience to the characters. Like, at no point did I just go like, oh, not you. You know, like, I, it was just like, ah, you're going to die at some point. I feel, I felt like the character development, it wasn't underdeveloped, but I felt like right when things were getting developed and right when you started maybe giving a fuck is we were already reaching the climax. It's like, oh, we know what's going to happen now. But yeah, I mean, but that's my whole thing is that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you didn't get attached to these characters. I mean, they, right. it's just like, if there was any chance to there was then action again and then there was war and then next year you're like oh the movie's over and not belittling it I mean I enjoyed myself but I'm just saying that it just in that it felt a little bit more unnecessary of a movie because of the fact that I didn't have any attachment I mean, you figured the only characters that uh, that you saw for any time period anyhow um, that you knew would be back would be Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin right I mean like those are the characters that really are the only ones that you knew for a fact you would be seeing again Later on, we didn't actually know. We, were, we we figured that we were going to see Grand Moff Tarkin, but we didn't know for sure until we saw him. No, no, I'm, no. I'm saying that anyone who's oh, watched mean, one sorry, through, you, se- oh, one you through like seven, continue, you, you know, like Grand on. Moff Tarkin yeah. will not be dead. 
you know Darth Vader will not be dead. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No. Um. No. We'll hit Grand Moff Tarkin's return in a little bit. Oh yeah, the one you kind of nudged me on. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Cap over there. <laughs> I'm like, I, I turn. I'm like, wow. Peter Cushing's been dead for a long time. <laughs> no, he's dead. What? He's dead. Yes, he's been dead for years. He's been dead for 22 years. I had a Ralph moment. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, why is he not, oh, okay, he looks like a little computer generated, but, hmm, okay. Maybe he's just that old. Maybe he's just, He, he looks a little bit Dick Clark right before his death. Wow. What, too soon? Wow. Leave Dick Clark alone. <laughs> no, don't. Oh, <laughs> fuck. But anyhow. Anyhow. Um, um, yeah, so that was my thing, is that since we knew that the characters, I mean, I shouldn't say we knew they would all die, it just, it, like I said, for me, I went in there, no questions asked, I knew they would all die. I mean, I, I would, I actually would have been shocked. If one of them had even lived, and I wondered about that because I was wondering, like, like, the, like the director was talking about, would Disney let him do it? I thought about, like, wow, this is a Star Wars film. That you know, technically, if this story is about sneaking out the secrets of the Death Star, and if Darth Vader is as badass as he was in Episode Four, no, nobody should be alive. Right. And I'm like, you know, were they gonna like maybe do something different or was it something like I won't say clever, but you know, just do something so that maybe a couple of people survive. And I was very surprised with how they handled everything and everyone. So I was, but I mean that that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the act, action sequences. I enjoyed the Darth Vader scene, which I'll get into later. Right. Lo- I mean, loved it. Like I, I've already seen it in my head a couple of times. Like that shit was just bad yeah. ass. But. Well, I, well, I also enjoy seeing, finally knowing what happened to Matt Mickelson after uh, Doctor Strange when he zipped off into space. We know, <laughs> we now know where he went. <laughs> um, what did you guys? How did you guys feel about the exposition? How they how they told the story? For me, one of my problems was that, um, and like I said, granted, it could have been the it could have been the icy, it could have been me drinking a whole bunch of icy before the first ten minutes of the film, getting super hopped up on sugar, and being tired of being a dad and falling asleep every now and again. But I felt like there was parts of the um, parts of the storytelling that when it got slow, it almost like almost like you're hitting traffic at, at rush hour, like it stops to a crawl, right. and then it picked up, and then there was action, there was all this other stuff. But then it, there was pockets of like real, real slow storytelling. I know you loved the movie. Did you feel any of that was going it, on? I didn't feel any of it. It didn't okay. bother me. Like it never, it it never really stood out to me. What I was nervous about as far as the exposition goes is when we learned that uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character, Galen Erso, when we learned that he was the chief architect behind the Death Star, um, there was speculation going out. was like, wait a minute, did he build the flaw into the Death Star, which led to the Rebellion destroying it in Episode 4? And I didn't like that idea. I thought there's like, it's just architecture. That's just how it is. I mean, there's no invulnerable architecture. There, yeah, there's always. Right. It's it's just. No, it's, I didn't like it that ju- either. It just happens to be that way. Yeah, well, just, I didn't like it because that they and especially the fact that, that they jammed it down the throat. It wasn't like a bypassing line, like you know, there's a flaw or something like that. Check it out. You know, they kept mentioning it to make sure that we understood clearly that our here our heroine's father was not a bad man. Like that's they went out of their way to make sure we understood no no he's good he's good look what he did you know right. and i felt that that was unnecessary like you said to point out that this there's this flaw it should have just been like i i like better thinking that the rebellion with the plans themselves figured out oh good look there's a flaw you know i mean but when we figured out that he did build it in there the way he kind of explained how it worked is like he because he realized that yeah he he was, he was smart enough to know they were going to do it anyway so if he was doing it in there, he was going to control something. And, I mean, you learn when General Lordana says in episode, uh, who makes a great cameo in Rogue One, when he says in episode four, the Empire does not consider a small one-man fighter to be a threat, otherwise they'd have a tighter defense. The way that they explained how um, Galen or so built the fly, it made it, granted it's not what I wanted to hear, but the way they explained it made it, it was like, okay, that was if you're going to do it, that was the way to do it. I would rather have them not do it, Right. But we got it, and the way they, they decided to, the, how are they going to write it and fold it into the story, I was okay with that. Okay. All right. <clears throat> how do we feel about our main characters? I know that Mike has already said that they were kind of, um, I don't think forgettable, but forgettable. Um, how do we feel about them otherwise, like um, with Jin and with um, Captain Ca- Cassian, right? Cassian Andor, yeah. Cassian Andor, yeah. Um, well, for me, it was just how we were just talking about, uh, when, when Jazz was talking about uh, Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia, like Jen was just that opposite. She was just that ultra, ultra uber capable woman that, like, you know, really she didn't even really need the rebel cause in order for her to probably take down what she needed. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I know it's modern storytelling. That's what we get. So, I mean, like, she was fine, but again... Well, she was raised by a crazy person. Yeah, by the way, that Saul Guerrero was, I thought, the most unnecessary event in that entire movie. Really? I mean, except for the fact that we know that he raised her. Well, think about it. We saw him take her. Right. And then we see him again for him to not really do much of anything besides show that he can be ruthless in trying to get out information for the greater good. And... Then he was dead. I really, <laughs> like, I really thought I mean, they were... and they went out of their way to like. I mean, I mean, if you really think about it, he really is a ghetto knockoff version of Darth Vader. He is more machine than he is man, and he needs something to breathe. He, I mean, there's no way they didn't coincidentally. And he's, and he's black, right? But yeah, and he's black. <laughs> but I mean, there's I mean, no like... way they didn't coincidentally make that, um, you know, that similarity unintentional. But like, he just was there and he was gone, and he really, to me, served no actual purpose. You know. Something to do to make it interesting is Saw Gerrera first appeared in the Clone Wars animated series. Okay. Um, he was there. I was going to ask you about that. And he was trained by, I think, Anakin Skywalker to fight um, at that point with the Trade Federation, Battle Rogues, and all that. And so he just became a little bit of, the, of an extreme. Well, maybe not a little bit of an extremist. An extremist. An extremist. Which right. led him to be how he is. And I, I understand exactly what you're saying, Michael, and I actually kind of agree with that. I mean... He was, I mean, he was okay. I mean, he served what he needed to serve. I mean, he was... I'm, I'm still not... But what did he need... I mean, not being smart, I'm tr- what did he need to serve in this movie? Beyond the fact that we needed to know that she was raised by someone, um, I I mean, I know that they were trying to get there to get information, but, like, what did he really serve? I, I mean, I'm a little bit lost because I'm, I know that they... Because when she's with them, she finds out what? Like, she finds out that there's, they, they, there's the pilot that's there and he there's has, a message. He, he has, has the message. The, he has the message. Right, but then that was... that. It was just kind of like... Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm. You know, it just it was just one of those scenes where, like, for me, even though there was action kind of going on, it, it it bored me because there was nothing else going on for it. At least for me. As far as the other characters go, I really liked it. I mean, we don't get super super attached to them because there are a lot of characters and they have to sort of they have to share screen time, which is right. fine. Yeah. And I think they did the best that they could with all the characters right. because they worked really really well as an ensemble. And as well as Director Krennic, as far as the villain goes, I mean, they all get enough screen time. So, of course, when you spread it that thinly, you're not going to get a lot. But we have some moments. Like, up until this movie, we have this sort of thought of the rebellion. It's like, oh, we're the rebellions. Like, we're the good guys. And sort of, like, no blood on our hands. But then you see Cassian shoot the informant yes. in the back. Yeah. It's like, that's something we have never seen before from the from the rebels. Since Han Solo. <laughs> I was about to say. He's not, he's not part of the rebellion. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, anything from the good guys... I mean, he's he's a scoundrel, and he's shot. But, but he's he talking, is, but he is our hero. You're right. talking about Greedo under the table, right? That's right. right. He's a dirty smuggler. That's what he does. Yeah. But as far as the person who is part of the rebellion, to just suddenly watch him do that, you're like, wow. It's just it's 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 different, and so it gives you a lot as it gives you great insight onto his character too. We have small little moments that we get insight when like when Director Krennic is talking to Grand Moff Tarkin, or he's talking to Vader, since you're going to tell the Emperor about this, right? It's clear that he wants to suck up. He's sort of like a... he's He wants to advance in the Emperor. He wants to look good in the eyes of the Emperor, and he wants to make his way up. So while we don't get super attached to the characters, we get little moments where we get to learn a lot about them. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. Like I said, it's just... Like I said, for me, it's just I, I didn't feel... I didn't feel enough with the characters um, for that uh, to bring the movie a little bit deeper for me. Uh, but what did we think about the the droid? Which is actually what most people up. tend to like. They uh, most critics even are just like they, they find that to be the most enjoyable character in the movie. Yeah, I, I found that very very interesting. Now that I've seen it, yeah. um, a lot of the praise I mean has gone to how the movie's different, but the, to the droid, right? And I was very surprised how much I felt the the exact opposite yeah. of what the critics were saying. Because the right. critics were saying that. Um, that K two um, SO is you know fantastic and he's witty and da da da, and not to say he wasn't. No, and he was witty, but he, just, he, w- he was off putting for me for a droid. I think. Why? Well, because well, I, I think I even mentioned it uh, either after the movie or when we were talking to someone else. Is that yes? Okay, they 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 state right away, which also was one of those writing things I wasn't a fan of when they state right away that well he was an imperial droid that you know we've reprogrammed him but the programming is kind of you know made him a little bit you know I forget what word they use but basically it's to explain his his uh his he lacks personality filter. he lacks filter yeah. yeah and in that I'm just like well it just felt like you wanted a person of comic relief but then you put it into a droid like in other words he just was very undroid like he was very much a person not a droid and in that I wasn't a fan of it. Um, you know, uh, it it just took away. He was he was too human for me to enjoy him as a droid. 
All right. I, I feel like for, for me, when it came to him, he was, I mean, I would have enjoyed him, but I feel like the, the media had propped him up too much. And I was like, oh my goodness, he's the best thing on there. And he was on the cover of one of the um, entertainment magazines saying, right. like, you know, he's, you know, they're so different. And when I saw it, I was like, he's, you know, he's all right. He's a little bit annoying for me for, at yeah. times. But there were moments where I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. But, no, no, but, he definitely but, but, they, but the way the media played it out, it was a little bit different for me. Jazz? I mean, uh, something that all the Star Wars movies have done it's uh, it's well, if it start it started with C three P and R two D two, and even uh, stuff with BB eight in the new trilogy is that droids even though they can't because they're it's they're, it's not like data with an emotion ship droids do not feel, and yet the way that the these droids are presented the way they use it's portrayed as if they really do have emotions. I mean C three P O and the originally she's talking about feeling and stuff like that. So even though they cannot, they do, and I think it comes across it comes across in very interesting ways. Uh, with different things about droids, like I was happy to hear. I was talking another. I was talking with another friend of mine that K two S O. When he goes out, he doesn't do it on a comic note. Uh, right. He does it on a very serious note, and I, I could e- I could easily see how he could could come off as annoying for some people. It wasn't for me. I thought because <laughs> they're in not the happiest of situations. So comic relief coming in. I think it was a smart way to put the comic relief in the fact that it was coming from a droid and this is why it's like that. Because trying to be funny in those situations could be a little bit difficult. It could t- it could really actually take me out of the scene. But, okay. if it's co- but if it's coming from just somebody short-circuiting, I think that was a good, that was an interesting way of putting the comedy in there. Hmm. I suppose. I mean, like, see, with me, what I kept thinking of was Data every time he made a crack, which was the whole point, remember, in Next Generation, is that Data is just like, because humor requires emotion it requires not just understanding language it requires emotional understanding of what is funny that's what bothered me even though he wasn't a stand-up comedian um k2so i mean it's just that it's like well you somehow kind of going against what you were saying about how the droids aren't capable of feeling even though they seem to have feeling he was exactly the opposite of that he had nothing but feeling like you know he sighed he regretful oh how come i don't get a weapon um you know like even his death throes which, I mean, it was all wonderful to see, but it was just so incredibly human for me that, like I said, it just took me out of it because I'm like, well, why didn't they just get a person? Um, just, like I said, that's, it's not a huge fault against him. It's just that I, I expected something, I guess, a little bit differently. I guess, again, because of the hype and whatever. Yeah, he reminded me of Bender in a little bit of a way, a toned-down Bender. Right. Yeah, I, I know, exactly, he, he was. He reminded me yeah. of a Bender in that way, which I enjoy, but I guess here, I guess I... I well, also, I, it's, you know, that's a cartoon, and it's, it's, it is all humor with him, you know. But, right. Yeah. Um, how, how do we feel? I mean, there's some other characters that I really enjoyed. Um, was it Baze Malibus? Baze Malibus, yeah. Oh, my God. He was so fucking kick-ass with that gun. Between, between his weapon him, was just fantastic. Oh, my God. Like, like watching, because it was like you have the blind freaking cleric, I guess you can call him. Katsuichi. Yeah. That's not the, his name. Katsuichi is a, uh, is a Japanese blind swordsman of fame, which is exactly what this character was, basically. Yeah, so, so you know, he's got this whole blind, um, the blind cleric who can kind of, um, you know, figure things about about people, but yet not knowing them. And then his sidekick is this machine gun toting, badass ponytail having mofo who's just lighting people up. For, he, he's his muscle. I just loved, I, watching them was pretty cool. Well, they had a great dynamic. I liked them as a team. I, Like I said, what I, what I did find funny, as I even kind of like mentioned at, when I did the synopsis, is that um, you know, everybody's the first thing to call racism here and da 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 da. And I'm like, so we're just cool with the fact that the only Asians we've run into so far are like martial arts masters here. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> you know, Star Wars is trying. Star Wars is trying. If that was its attempt, that that's like that would just be like literally having like Saul Guerrero just be like, I'm here with information, and if you want some like you know grape soda and some menthol <laughs> cigarettes, I've got those too. Oh my god! <laughs> because it really was exactly that. I mean, I'm like. So you're a blind Asian with martial arts skills. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I can see that. I guess I didn't really look into it like that. I just, you know, watched watched how he was and I was like, okay, but you're right. It was it, actually Donnie Yen's idea for the character to be blind. Well, it wouldn't matter if he was blind or not. I mean the fact that he's the Asian with martial arts skills is always a problem. <laughs> with yeah. me. Because again, I mean the first thing Asians will say is we all don't know math and we all don't know martial arts, right. you know, no, but no. yet, you know, but I mean, Donnie Yen was still wonderful. I, yeah, oh, no. Yen. I, I enjoy, I enjoyed it because, um, I feel like, you know, with, with casting, you had to take a while to, to learn and, and, you know, 
and um, with Jin, you had to take a while to learn. And you kind of got what you got with with the, with the droid. But when those two came on, it was like, okay, give me a little bit of flavor. Um, so which, which are I re- you kidding me? I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually funny. But so. also, what he added is the fact that it made the force feel like something, kind of something that Mike said a long time ago. I don't know if it was on the podcast or off podcast, but talked about what made the original three better than the later three was the fact that the force felt like something that anybody could be part of if they dedicated themselves and yeah. versus it's, it's a religion it, it's a religion versus it's a um it's a certain amount of bacteria in your body shut up we don't talk about that yeah, yeah but i mean we know that that's the whole point of the, the movies now because it's all in uh in canon but yes that that i i did like i mean i liked and didn't like I, I liked and didn't like the fact that he basically prayed to the force because it was also it felt very much like Oh, it's his get out of jail free card when we need it. It's just that that he believes so much that the force is like, sure, I'm on your side, you know. <laughs> well, the force is on his side to an extent. Well, yeah. to an extent, yeah. But what I'm but, saying though is that like everybody else is just going into battle and maybe they make it through. Like with him, it was very much like you know because I believe in the force, I'm I'm getting where I need to get. Yeah, kind of a thing. I, I, I liked it just like I said because it felt like it was something that anybody they tried hard enough could attain versus um, something that you have to be physically or chemically predispositioned to be able to have. Right. And I, so I liked about that character too, you know, especially I liked about that character because he was able to channel that. So that was kind of right. cool. Um, our villain, what do we think? <laughs> which villain? <laughs> um, oh, let me see. <laughs> I'm like, which villain? Are you talking about Director Craddock? Yes. I thought it was awesome. It's fine. I, I mean, again, I... I, I, he was fine. He was he was a villain. Like like that's not faulting him. It's just he was just a villain because he was a throwaway villain. I mean he wasn't bad. He wasn't twisting his mustache and tying old widows to the train tracks because they didn't pay their mortgage on time. But I mean <laughs> I, I didn't find him to. I, I like 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 after this by next year I will not remember his name like in other words at all. It's funny because I I liked him but I really wanted him to be like. What's his name from um, Inglorious Bastards? Um, uh, oh, um, Christoph Waltz. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of wanted him to take it up a notch, you know, because especially in the beginning with the... It reminded me of... Uh, matter of fact, it reminded me of Inglorious Bastards in the beginning where you have, you know... Someone coming to the house looking for... Looking, looking for a kid. Exactly. Yeah, so it kind of felt that way. And I, I, I guess I, I kind of wanted it to go a little bit more, like, to him to be a little more of a dick. But obviously, he's an, he's an imperial, you know, commander, right. so it's a little bit of a different kind of a, of a Tony setting. Which I think I mean, in the very, very first trailer for Rogue One, there's one shot of him walking through the water, getting onto the beach at Scarif, which yeah. is the planet which which got cut. I mean, things get, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, things get cut from movies all the time, and that just happens. Um, but it shows that he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's again sort of the blue collar, more of Imperial. Like he will go out and he will get things done himself. Um, so if that was left in the movie, I think we would have seen a lot more. And I think I would have liked that. Better judge of his character. Yeah. But things get edited from movies all the time. So. Right, right. Especially when it's like two hours and James and like, we got to cut something. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Star Wars, but Jesus. Oh, yeah. Not Jesus. The Force. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, my, um, The resolution. I, I, I like the resolution. I just really was, like I said, I just couldn't really believe they pulled the trigger on that. And how they did it and how they like... Got rid of every single character. I was just very, very surprised. Like I told Mike, I couldn't believe the, the, the head count on it. But is there a favorite part that anybody had? I know my favorite part, and I kind of just mentioned it. That space battle. Uh, I mean, one of the things coming out of Episode 7, which I really, really liked, and I still do, it's kind of a comment, like, I wish I would, we would have seen a space battle. That space battle in Rogue One is my second favorite space battle in all of Star Wars. Wow. It was amazing. The cinematography, the camera shots that they used throughout the entire movie, like uh, when you see the Death Star eclipsing the sun on Jeddah and things like that. The, the the camera shots we saw was amazing. And the space battle, I absolutely loved it. And at the very end where they're trying to flee, and then Vader's ship comes out of hyperspace and the ships are crashing into it. Oh my god. Man, it was so good. The, the action sequences that we got, as Mike said earlier, that have been praised by critics were deservedly so. Yeah, the action but sequence, this, when, the, when it was hot, this, it was hot. The space battle at the end, I thought, was amazing. Mike? Um, I, I suppose the space battle. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I mean, it's just... It, for me, the movie didn't hold that much dear, so that, that, that would be good enough. For me, and this is, I guess, back to my nostalgia, 
the Darth Vader dum, scene. Dum, oh my! Dum, because I remember as a kid, dum, dum, you you heard dum, that theme dum, and you got scared, or you got like you felt terror, or you felt like this is a villain coming on. Then the next three came out, and you're like, wow, he's just a whiny fucking Jedi who we don't talk about that. We do talk about that <laughs> as part of the trilogy, unless they're gonna disown it, and they're not. No, they can't. And they can't. <laughs> it's like the drunk uncle that lives at your mom's basement. Oh my god! He's still part of the family. Wow. Wait, hold on. I had to hold back because he had more. Oh, there, there we go. go. Much better. <laughs> um, the reason I loved the Darth Vader scene was because, like I said, just all that fear growing up and then not liking him anymore after Episode Three of him going no. I felt like his character was destroyed and I was no longer didn't have that fear. I mean, put it in Episode Six, depending on which version you want. Right. <laughs> Wait, episode Six. Oh. You know at the end when uh, the Emperor is foreshocking Luke and Vader's yeah. looking back and forth, eventually he picks up the Emperor. Yeah. If you get the latest version of the special edition when he's looking at Luke and the Emperor, he, now he goes, no, no, and then he picks up the Emperor. What the fuck is that? But sorry, I'm getting, <laughs> off, I'm getting off topic. You were saying. But I was, I was just saying, when he comes out of that tunnel and they're like, you know, he, he's coming to evade the thing and it's dark. That's what I loved about it. It wasn't all lit. It felt like aliens. The fucking tunnel was dark. You couldn't see anything in there. And you're like, who's coming here? Oh, I'm like, oh, my. I'm sitting in the seat like they're Robert. gonna do it. <laughs> they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. <laughs> when and then he... Forrest Whitaker comes limping out. That's what I said, Robert. <laughs> when, when you heard his his mask and then you hear, and he comes out, just that alone, you didn't have to show me the the, the destruction. You just show me that, and then just watch everybody try to flee, and then. But they did show you the did, destruction, and, and the destruction was fantastic. Even though Mike brings up a point after I talked about that, but watching him kick ass, lifting people with the force, slicing them in half. Destroying this whole force of people in a corridor as quickly as a hot knife through freaking butter was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. No, one thing, though, um, nothing to do with that scene. That was a great scene. One thing that really annoyed me in this movie, because I think it was, well, it's actually more of a war than most of the other movies we've seen. It, it, it went from humorous to actually exceedingly annoying. Explain to me... In serious terms, what is the purpose of the stormtrooper suits? What do you mean? They don't protect them from anything. And like I said, it started <laughs> as a humor, and then I'm, they get shot by a blaster. It's not for, It's not like it's a suit of armor. But anyway, it, it, they get shot by one blaster. They're down. Okay? They got hit by Donnie Yen's stick. <laughs> no joke. He actually just popped a guy in the helmet, and he went down. And I'm like... Okay, now that it's a war, it actually became annoying to me because I'm like, what? These things are, and we saw from the seventh film that they're hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, what purpose do these things serve besides just to slow down the, the wearer? <laughs> you know, because like I said, when he's knocking them, I mean, not, we're not talking about physics of knocking a guy's feet from under. He's actually hitting someone in the chest and, the, and they're not getting up. He has no force power. This is not a, an energy weapon. He's literally, pop, he pops a guy in the, you know how the helmet by the chin has that like stick out part? Yep. He pops the guy in the chin, guy's down. And I'm like, but there's not even person under there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. just, that's just jutting out. You know? Okay, so uh, guys, I've called a meeting to just talk about things. Uh, we've been getting some complaints about maybe the stormtroopers. So <laughs> what was things, I'm, well, I'm here to listen. Thank you, Lord Vader. Yes, so I'm here to listen. And it's just things you want to maybe bring up. Yes, uh, sir, we think the armor doesn't really protect us very well, and maybe it inhibits our accuracy. Okay, so uh, let's go by a show of hands. Uh, how many of you uh, think that the armor really doesn't... Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I was wearing You're my apples. armor. I was wearing my armor and writing a letter to my loved one. I sliced my finger on a paper cut through the armor. <laughs> no, you're... You're right. No, I mean, you're, no, you're right. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. right. I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but because it was a war, like I'm watching this and I'm like, that's just. It went like I said. It went from a humorous. We all make fun of them, to like this was just pointless. <laughs> I mean, I feel like going to the Empire and just being like, do you know how many billions of dollars you would save if you just <laughs> sent them out in like, we spent that money box of briefs. We spent that money on the Death Star. <laughs> Obviously, because their equipment sucks. And that, and that works out so well. I maxed out my Amex. <laughs> Black card, I assume. Yeah. Only with Vader's. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All right, so anything we want to add before we rename the movie and rate? No. 
Nope. Give okay. us more. Give us no. Give us more original spinoffs. Okay. Look, I mean, Bob. Well, Bob where I, though? Like, I, look. I know. I was actually about to say. I'm actually very happy that we might not get any more spinoffs. I mean, besides, like the. I know they're going to give us a young Han Solo. I mean, I know they're going to do those type of things. But like, if you're talking about like spinoffs, as in between episodes, what would you? Well, where, where would you want? Doesn't to have to be, give us an old Republic one. Let's go back. Let's let's so go not back. Spinoffs. You're just saying like like give well, us as far pre, as pre, like, pre Star Wars. Like, like as far as like like uh, Bob Iger, who is Lord High King of all things Disney said a long time ago this movie is an experiment because it really was it was it was not character it was a whole new story I mean, we yes we knew parts of it and there were characters that were in there because it because it fit and it made sense but it was a new thing and it i think it worked great and so uh, look i don't think i don't want to see a young han solo movie yes i'm going to be there opening night but it's not something that i don't think we need to see i don't you don't want to see a new han solo uh, no, uh, han solo movie are you crazy no, you, you do. I don't. <laughs> like, I think out of all do? the characters, he's the most interesting. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Boba Fett. I do not like. Give us wow. Boba Fett's a pussy. Shut the hell up. Wow. Uh, just oh. give us. Don't give us like young version of insert character name here. Okay. Give us I see new stories. Give us new characters, ones we haven't met. Yes, you can tie it into some things, but I like that they were branching out and they were just doing different things with Star Wars because it is a gigantic, infinite, and expanding universe. Don't keep making it smaller. Right. I mean, I agree that I, I certainly could care less to see anybody younger. Um, I also don't need to see any more stories in between any of the existing stories. Now, would it be interesting? Yes, I would like to see something that's pre-Star Wars. You know, like I said, maybe to see the rise. I would like to see the rise and the, the battle between the Sith and the Jedi. That would be interesting because, again, it's all new characters. And you could just branch out moving forward in time because that right. would be like, what, a thousand years or so prior? Or I mean, like, like that, they're, just, you know. they're in the old novels that are now part of the uh, Star Wars Legends, not the canon. But there's a timeline. There are just thousands upon thousands of years that take place before episode one. So you can there are so many. Different, and like, as, as Michael just said, the war between the Jedi and the Sith. Fantastic story that you could tell. Right. All right, all right. Well, that'd be somewhere it can go, but but of course Disney's very picky about like like Mike said earlier about their property, you know. So it'd be interesting if Disney did that, what they would pick and what they would do, because it sounds like what they want to do is just kind of, kind of say young young character insert person here. Something hilarious. So you know that scene where Jen and Cassian are trying to find the plans, right. and she's going down all the names, and she finds that Stardust. I thought of a funny scene. What if they didn't get Jin Urso, so they didn't know it? So they'd be looking through the plans like, they're not here. What do you mean they're not here? They're not here. They said they would be here. The, look, I don't know what to tell you. They're not here. <laughs> well, I just, I it just sounds like been, a Michael, uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis written. Well, I, I would have just enjoyed if like one of the uh, entries was Blue Skies on Mars. Oh, everybody sits for that one. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So let's get to it. Let's rename the movie. I'll start with Mike. Mike, what would you rename the movie? Wrong one. A Star Wars story no one asked for. Shit. You got something that I picked. <laughs> I put I put Rogue One, a Star Wars story that you didn't think existed or probably cared about. <laughs> Jazz. Uh Rogue One, everybody dies. <laughs> wow. Spoiler. <laughs> Ralph, see you weren't missed because Jazz is taking on the spoiling for you. Alright, so let's go to it. What are your ratings for um, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I'll leave Jazz for last. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you were looking at me like, don't pick me first. All right, I'm going to give it eight computer-generated actors out of ten. Mike, we never got to that. No, we did not get to that. Can um, we get, um, what, what am I referring to? Um, well, to my ratings, the eight zombie Peter Cushing's out of ten. Um, <laughs> it's I don't like Hollywood CGIing dead people onto the screen. If you're telling me that someone died midway through your film or at towards the end of the film if you have to i'll give you that one that time i get that fans love this that and the other thing but i just find it really disrespectful first of all to the actor let alone to their families and i'm not saying that they're not compensated it's nothing to do with that but it's like think about it as an actor well especially imagine for instance um imagine if peter cushing was still alive he would obviously be too old to be that part because it's his self before episode four so they would probably be like oh we'll use your voice you know, and that would still be at least him acting. But like, this is just like, you know, Peter Cushing's is Peter Cushing. He's an actor. Would you, as an actor, want someone else acting to be you? I mean, they, like, ha- like it's they just had weird. to ask permission. No, well, not for Peter Cushing. They couldn't. No, but they had to ask from his estate. Right, but that's again. I'm not. I don't care about whether the family got paid. I'm talking about as the person, as the actor. That's like, 
it's it's not him any longer. It's now your version of someone doing that actor. Like, would he have done that breath in that scene? Would he? In other words, it's the, everything that makes an actor an actor that makes them themselves. I don't like it when they computer generate people because it's just like, first of all, it's just cheap. I feel, and it's it's it's. I don't like I said it's a disrespect to the actor. I feel. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I before I get but, to Jennifer, like, I didn't mind like a young um, Leia. Yeah. Because that's actually like her. I think they said that's her voice from cutout scenes. Or something along that line, or, or something along that line, but it's, it could it, be. I do not. Yeah, know. but I mean, that's just like tying in. Well, it's funny because um, if you ever, if anybody knows about Black to the Future, Chris, um, Chris so Glover, did you say Black to the Future. Sorry, what back, <laughs> back, Black to the Future. <laughs> that's a whole different story <laughs> with really bad credit rating. Um, so, you no, know, if anybody knows Chris Glover, the guy who plays George McFly, uh-huh. that became a, an, an issue in Hollywood because in the first one, he did the first one, he didn't do the second and the third one. Oh, really? And, and they used his image and they re, they. they Digitized him oh, in it. I did not know that. Yeah, so he fought, the, he fought the studio based on that. So it's funny that you mentioned that because he felt the same way too. Oh wow, Jazz, what's your ratings? Oh, um, I'm gonna give it. Wow, really? Wow, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Wow. I, I, I was I, expecting a six claws. Right, me too. I was like six claws. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nine out of ten. Okay, nine out of ten. All right. All right, so there you have it. Star Wars, Rogue One, the story we didn't know existed, but... It's the one we needed. It's not, the one we got. That's the, the one, one we got. <laughs> that's why I paused, but you know what? Don't you pause in your listening, because Geeks on the Go is next. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Hey, comic fans, Cheyenne and Bosch here. If you also happen to be into larger-than-life heroes and tights, a.k.a. professional wrestling, then head on over to 4lifepodcast.com for the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling. Bosch and myself taking behind-the-scenes to past and present with all your top wrestling promotion and news. To listen, visit 4lifepodcast.com, download us on iTunes or Stitcher, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at 4lifepodcast. Because when you listen to your podcast, you listen to it. Four. Now back to the cap, Ralph the Tech, and Mike the Finance Guy. Meanwhile, 22 pages later. Geeks on the go. Now with no Ralph. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, guys. (laughs) Ralph will be pissed when he hears this shit. Okay, you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute. We rarely make it under a minute. I don't know how to act anymore because I'm doing the sound and I'm trying to remember things. It's too hard. This is the most the cap has ever had to do for this program in three years. Oh, I'm sorry. I put us together. That's that's three yeah. years worth of work. That, yeah. <laughs> he put us together. That was it. Hey, that, that's enough. 95 episodes prove that I did a good thing. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are you guys ready? And all you had to do was just kidnap some loved ones. Of family. I think you say kidnap a Mexican. I'm like, what? Damn. <laughs> I'm like, Ralph's not Hold on a second. How did your mind go to that place? Because people are Ralph being missing, and I'm like... Uh, Is he Mexican? Well, you know, some people might mistake him as such. A Mexican, Including you? A Mexican bear. <laughs> a Mexican demon. <laughs> Love you, Ralph. <laughs> ready, set, go. <laughs> Rank the droids from decent to great. C-3PO, BB-8, R2-D2, K-2SO. Mike. Uh, BB-8, K-2SO, R2-D2, C-3PO. Wow, I figured you'd and, say that. Yeah, I, I was waiting for horrible to great. <laughs> um, Jazz? We're going to put uh, K2SO on the bottom, then BB-8, C-3PO. Nobody unseats R2-D2. That's right. That's what I was about to say. Which Marvel or DC characters would easily fit in the Star Wars universe? Jazz? None of them, because all Star Wars begins with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Fuck you. <laughs> you Mike. know I'm right. Mike. Uh, dark side. Imagine finding out that the dark influence of the Force originated from his attempts to control the anti-life equation. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Um, biggest geek fail of 2016. Mike. Your voice on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Batman v Superman. Although the Suicide Squad sucked, but BVS was disappointing from opening to closing credits, just ask Martha. <laughs> Time is up. We'll continue. Jazz. Uh, well, my biggest key fail was going to be whoever the dumb the per, uh, person who got the dumb idea to put Doomsday in the Batman v Superman trailer. <laughs> However, that was dated in 2015, so I think of a new one. So I'm going to go with the dumbass that decided to put Doomsday in the Batman v Superman movie. Okay, that sounds about accurate. Okay, and finally, if Darkseid was confirmed to be a villain in the Justice League movie, would it make it? Would it make you 
more optimistic about the movie, Jazz. I mean, maybe not optimistic, but it changed my feelings because it's going to be Steppenwolf. So the idea of just like kicking ass to born to be wild sounds pretty entertaining. <laughs> oh man, okay. There we go. Well, that's the done. joke of the day. There we go, <laughs> Mike. Um, well, he is already the de facto villain according to BVS, which ironically is what crushed my optimism for DC films. <laughs> oh wow, that's such a real strong statement. BBS has not helped to inspire. They haven't made a movie to inspire me to look forward to their films. I know, I know. I just like saying strong statement because I agree with you. I just don't want. I just gotta be. I gotta be somewhat neutral, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any shout outs, gentlemen? I mean, it's the end of the year. It's 2016 is almost over. I mean, fiction has uh, has imitated. Or actually, fact, life has imitated fiction by having a president that we have. But you know, is there anything? Any shout outs? Anything you want to say for this last podcast of 2016? I know that was a lot to say, but. You know, ah, shout out to all the friends and loved ones, especially the ones that listen in, because you'll be the only one that will hear this. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Lucy in Australia. I know she liked our Facebook page. Hopefully she's liked us enough to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, her, her putting together her makeup kit. Sam knows what we're talking about. <laughs> um, Jazz? I'm good. Damn, I'm good. No shout out to any loved ones. My, you mean like my nonfiction girlfriend? Like your nonfiction girlfriend, yeah. yeah. She exists. Uh, she actually just tried to call me twice. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> By the way, what did you Show mean? Show us the phone and prove it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Is this... Oh, it deleted mysteriously. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this like what I was talking about off the podcast about smelling my finger? I could tell I, I could prove I had sex? Um, I think you were just talking about in general. We were just trying to not listen. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> Especially because then he came from a room by himself. Smell my finger. I just had sex. You were just alone. <laughs> <laughs> Still um, counts. <laughs> what I was going to ask you real quick, Jazz, was what did your what did your girl mean by oh I I met Gigi. They're perfect for each other. It was so the other day we happened to run each other on the street and Gigi was there and it's there when she met her for the first time and as we walk away she just goes oh my god they're perfect for one another. <laughs> <laughs> she's loud and he's not, or I'm loud and she's loud. I don't know which way we're going to go with that. It's the Latin fire. It's the Latin fire. Yeah, we just did that in Scottish accents. That makes sense. I know, right? And it's, it's the only accent I have, and I did it wrong. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like Mike said, kind of shout out to everybody that's ever listened from Ruben to Abel to Johannes to Big Kev to Little Ivan. Little Ivan, Little Ivan. he doesn't listen, <laughs> he's too short. He can't, re- he can't reach the speaker, Aww. he can't reach the button on his iPhone, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cooper to um. Hips to Tom to um Sean, um to John Paul. I was like Sean John. <laughs> John Paul next year on our show. Damn it! That's right. Um, and we want to get uh Victor Victor Danridge. That's right, Victor Danridge. He better be listening. Line. Yeah, man. And if you're not, well, I can't prove it. <laughs> Hopefully to to Sean to both Sean, the Atlanta Sean and the other Sean. Um, I mean, there's so many people you know to to thank for a great 2016. People bitch about how bad 2016 has been. I, I try not to look at the class half empty. I look at all the successes we've had. We have a great app created by Mike. We have 95 episodes in the can, hitting 100. I'm going to Comic-Con, you know, um, having a great wife and daughter to support me, having good friends around me. 2016 has been great. All my friends and all my people who listen and all the people who've just tuned in, thank you very much. We really appreciate the support. And... Um, I guess that, that's and Captain America Civil War. Great thing about 2016, everybody. <laughs> that was pretty good. That, that was pretty good. And you know, it's pretty good at the end of the show. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and for Jazz, I'm so used to saying Ralph the Tech. Well, <laughs> he's in passing right now. Oh, he's, he's passing a stone. <laughs> this is the cap saying. If you listen closely, you could hear him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Keep it, keep it geeky. No. And 2016 is right around the corner, guys. 2016? We just... My God, it's coming back again? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Ralph's here in the room. I'm it's sorry. edge of tomorrow. We're in a time loop. 2017. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>